And reality is most of the farmers are incredible and they go through all this process without, uh, with very low losses. So why you penalize the entire group with no uh, good uh, analysis of the process? Basically because you don't have the tools to do an individual profile of all the aspects for every single loan or insurance contract you do and so on. So that's our mission. Hi there, food enthusiasts. Thanks for tuning in to Future Foodcast, where thought leaders in today's food industry discuss the trends and technology that will shape the future of food. Today, we're speaking with Isaac Eberhardt, the CEO of Agairo, and um, he will be talking about a little bit about his background um, as well as Agairo and uh, what they offer uh, in the food industry. So Isaac, how are you today? Very well, and super happy with the opportunity, Jim, and Saki, to explore this space of uh, how can we help the food stability and safety and the progress of our society, supporting the farmers to have better production and supply chains in their daily job of feed the world. Yeah, that's a huge issue for everybody, obviously, and it's become more challenging for many reasons lately, for sure. Uh, not just the pandemic impacts and so on, but a lot to do with, uh, you know, climate change, population shifts, demand, um, and then, of course, things like uh, economic problems like increasing prices and so on. Um, so that said, um, it's great to have you here on the show. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about what uh, you do um, at Agairo? And not only that, but give us a, a quote more of a background. Um, tell us how you um, about yourself and how you founded the company. That would be helpful. Absolutely. So I'm originally from Brazil. Uh, my family still have a farm in the south of Brazil, close to Uruguay's uh, country. So we used to produce some uh, vegetables, cattle, and uh, my real passion, which was the honeybees. Uh, up to 2003, I was a real farmer on the field doing the daily job with my family. Uh, we had two bad years, 2001 uh, and 2002, and that, at that point was like a decision to move to other job to compensate the, the losses we have. So my family is still working there, my father and my parents, and I moved to work outside uh, with financial providers. And since then, I have been working more, uh, uh, most of the time with banks, uh, sometimes with insurance companies, sometimes with uh, international organizations like United Nations, uh, uh, developing uh, programs and so on. Mostly in finance itself, so lending uh, related uh, parts of the business and so on. Sometimes with environmental services. So I had the opportunity to leave both sides of the fence, let's say this way, and do uh, and leave these struggles to get financed. I always joke about when we finance our uh, tractor in the in the in the farm, uh, we need to lay down our credit. My brother, my uh, younger brother, my father, and me, myself plus a piece of land to finance mm -hmm. uh, equivalent to a fifteen thousand dollars tractor. Uh, it's quite crazy and. Um, and nothing has been proven so much from there until today. So that's part of the experience so as farmers, why we start the company. And the, in the perspective of the banking side and the financial industry, what we have been, I have been learning personally on this space is 
uh, our industry is still doing things uh, uncorrelated to the real world assets, let's say this way. So what I mean for that, what I mean is when you finance a farmer, let's say a farmer in Iowa, in Brazil or in Africa, doesn't matter. Most of the time, I would say not 100%, but I'd say 99% of the time, the bank will not have the same level of analysis which they do in the personal level, like FICO score and other things for the assets of the farmer, where the money should go for the lending, for example, and where the money should come from to repay the loan. When you don't do this type of analysis, you have the problems of sometimes you take too much risk, sometimes you don't take risks because you decide to not do the loan. And this brings imbalances on our system. So absence of finance in many, many regions, many farmers with problems and difficult to, to improve this, the, the, the production to supply better the, the production of the, the food fibers and everything else. So that's pretty much the, the frame of what we, why we started the company in 2019. Uh, and the challenge was, okay, how can we become like a Moody's for this space. So a place or an infrastructure where everybody can go, evaluate, monitor, and detect frauds and, and so on in their lending, their insurance, their trade finance contracts. Uh, so bringing transparency for the space and being able to enable a digital back offs for this massive market. Because just remember, everybody rely on food. Everybody need to wear a, a uh, a t-shirt which comes from cotton. So agriculture is everywhere on this, on our life, uh, daily life. So, and we're still not doing the proper job to finance this growth of the, uh, to supply the growth of demand and so on. So that's pretty much our mission in the company we have been building so far, uh, all the capabilities for that. We are in a position now to uh, onboarding clients in the Americas mostly North America and, and, and Brazil and uh, Colombia, Argentina, and US and Canada. Moving to some other markets like um, uh, in Africa continent, like in Europe, starting to resonate there and being quite an amazing journey for someone who had uh, the opportunity to build infrastructure for our communities, let's say this way. So uh, give me a little bit more background on the company. So name of the company, what year did you actually start the current business and so on? Yeah, we started, we found the company, we incorporated and found in 2020, but we started to build the infrastructure uh, and the modeling, the, the first version of the system and so on in 2019. This is part of a more long experience. So I have been working for banks doing kind of this job of designing and, and developing since 2007, uh, most of the time in separate pieces of the process. So I have been learning how to help these folks to, to, to digitize their process. Despite of, despite of many times they don't, uh, they, they build uh, projects and so on, but they don't build this infrastructure itself. So that's another point why we start the company to help them to build. And into, in 2020, in this uh, second, uh, quarter of 2020, we started in commercial phase, uh, moving up to the, the products we have today and so on. And on this, on this uh, journey, trying to address the, 
the most prescient, uh, the most critical points of this space. So we, you, what we need to do to solve most of the gaps, we need to finance, we need to insure, we need to help the commercialization side, and we need to attach all that with the environmental services. So when I say environmental services, most of the time is carbon credits and some other type of markets. But this is kind of like the big uh, segments we need to address to solve the problems in this space, mostly of the problem, not all, of course. And that's why we, why we start, what we start, in fact, uh, and we start to build in 2019. So the infrastructure for all of that, how to collect data, how to measure, how to model, how to validate, how to bring transparency and so on. Right. So from what you just described, there's really, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's four major things I heard. You're um, talking about how to finance something uh, as an agricultural activity for farmers or producers. You're talking about how to insure it. You're talking about how, how can you, in a sense, your platform or solution, how can you help me commercialize it? And then finally, you uh, move beyond that into what I call the UN um, uh, development goals, uh, which talk about things like sustainability, carbon management, climate change, those kinds of impacts. Um, there's a whole slew of development goals over there as well. So that in itself is a whole separate discussion, which you know we'll probably defer more toward the end. But from a financing perspective, you're right. Everybody to operate for the most part has to work with uh, financial services and financial companies uh, to get uh, loans, working capital in a sense to support their business. My dad had the same problem. He founded his own business. His thing was he always he always used the analogy. He said uh, he says bankers are special. He said when it's a sunny day, they are happy to loan you an umbrella, and as soon as it rains, they want the umbrella back. And your your personal example, where you brought up about, about the fact that we were going to loan you money for a tractor, and then wanted about four million dollars of collateral for a fifteen thousand dollar <laughs> tractor, sounds yeah. very very normal to me. And the whole point of your business is if it's done right for all parties, then we wind up saying, no, wait a minute, I don't need $4 million of collateral for a $15,000 tractor. I might want $50,000 of collateral for a $15,000 tractor. Why? Because the risk has come down so much through the services that you're providing for everybody, which is that kind of a thing would be an enormous win. So I'd agree with you. Yeah, and, uh, and just remember, you have in the same region, everybody who is listening here has experience in the space can understand that, that this is simple. So you are in the same county or the same state, let's say this way, but you have different farmers in the same county. You have farmers in the same crop, so doing soybeans in the same county, which have different uh, production uh, levels or, or yields and different prof uh, losses profiles over time. So if you don't bring that inside of your decision process, you will be always considering the worst case scenario for everybody. And many times, and reality is most of the farmers are incredible. They do a hell of a job, let's say this way. And they go through all this process without, uh, with very low losses. So why you penalize the entire group without, uh, uh, with, with no uh, good uh, analysis of the process? basically because you don't have the tools to do an individual profile of all the aspects for every single loan or insurance contract you do and so on. So that's our mission. How can we build uh, and deliver the profiles 
in the hand of the, the operators, which can really define the risk of every single farmer and every single plot, every single crop field. So a farmer can have 10 or 20 or whatever the number of crop fields. That can change the perspective because then you can see the real picture, which is, okay, we have five crop fields here for some uh, part of the country, which is kind of bad every year. So let that folks, we will manage the risk in a different way, but all the other folks are in the good spot so why we are penalizing them because that five ones which are not uh, proper managed or have bad soil or have yeah. low risks and so on. And to kind of mad sometimes a madness to think about this is not a use a daily use tool today. But you know, uh, not everything is solved uh, as we expect. So that's why we are bringing this type of service. So when you can analyze the process and have proofs of everything, then you can start to bring down the costs and the risk, uh, improve the risk profile and understand what's happening. Another point is, how can you do a real-time monitoring of the portfolio? Because that, measure, that means an institution can say, okay, we did this thousand loans, everything is running good, but we have five or 10 which are in some kind of uh, beginning of uh, loss. So let's let's take a look or let's call the farmers. Let's... So you start to use your resources more wisely, which comes down the cost and the risk for the general portfolio. That means the farmers will have uh, less pressure for their loans or better uh, uh, terms and so on. Yeah, let me ask you a question then. Uh, following up, it, obviously the whole thing from a lender perspective is trying to manage and mitigate risk. And yeah. so, you're right that to do it correctly, it's not a group thing. You want to be able to drill down exactly to who you're lending the money to, find out what their issues are, and then mm -hmm. build up a custom profile for just that individual or that farm or operator, um, which all makes sense. The other side of it too, you point out that you're trying to, the whole thing from the lender perspective to be successful and low risk is that they have to have real-time data. So it's not mm -hmm. like I it's not like when I get a college degree, I pass a bunch of exams and people go thumbs up. Hey, Jim, you're great. You just got your degree. They're never going to come back a year later or 10 years later and say, hey, did Jim remember any of that? No, that real-time data is not needed there. Uh, you get it once, you're good to go. But in this world, you're right. Um, from a risk perspective, if I'm loaning money to farmers, I certainly want to know if there's a change in condition. And so tell me a little bit about how your uh, service in effect can provide what I call the real-time updates that are gonna make a lender more comfortable. Yeah, that's a very important point because just remember, as we said before, uh, you have this struggle to start. So how you define if yes or no for a contract, but then next day, if you decide yes, okay, what's happening with, with the $500,000 I lend uh, to somebody? So that's one of the things which most uh, which scare most the, the financial providers today because they are used to understand other markets like uh, commercial lending or small business or which they right. can see what's happening on their balance sheet. And the farmer balance sheets is the field. And right. That's something which they need to add to their operation. So our infrastructure today uh, updates the entire stack of data every day. Uh, and then the, the clients, the, we, our clients are typically the institution, the, the lender or the, the, the insurance company or the, the, the enterprise provider. So they can choose, okay, I, want, I don't have enough 
means to do more than 15, every 15 days evaluation during the contract, or I, I want to do every seven days mm -hmm. or every 20 days. So they can choose the interval between uh, more than five days and 30 days uh, periods. So every time during a, a typical six to two, six months to two years contract, depending on the, the type of uh, lending and so on, but they can define the rate of uh, the frequency of their uh, control, their monitoring, their checking. So they can have a concrete uh, picture of everything happening there in a kind of real-time data daily. So they can go and check the data infrastructure. They can define some rules. Let's say uh, we had a, a catastrophic event, uh, um, 50, uh, 52 Celsius degree temperature and should, should all the crops die with that condition? Let's make a crazy example here. That they can capture in a daily process or they can decide, okay, we want to do every 15 days monitoring process. Yeah. So every 15 days, we have a complete report with risk of fraud, with risk of losses and so on. And I have automatic uh, process of uh, flags, which can raise the bad situation for any crop field. So that's pretty much what we have today live. So they can match that with their daily operation. So the manager of the portfolio can say, okay, let me check this Monday. I received the, the package from Agni. Let me see what is inside. So I have three fields I need to check. I need to call my personal people in the, in the field and, and go there or maybe call directly the farmer, uh, ask for some other information or look to other uh, condition of the contract. And I have the other 199 uh, farmers inside of my portfolio, which are okay, still on the line for the track for the, the good season. So that type of capability they don't have today. Right. The ability to match the farmer uh, balance sheet live. So this the field condition, the real world asset with, the, with their uh, lending portfolio. That's a powerful tool. Because yeah, basically yeah. you can know everything all the time anywhere. So that's a well, what you're but what you just told me though, one of the major things, not only do I have a ton of data points, number one, number two, did I uh, number two, I can customize in a sense what I call the periods I want to define. Um, yep. number three, if I've got it right, in a sense, if I'm a lender and I'm picking on whatever it is, soybean farmers in Argentina or whatever I'm doing, I can mm -hmm. say, hey, for me. Uh, my concern is going to be um, a level of significance, I'll call it, in change. So to your point, back to your example about the 52 degrees Celsius kind of a thing, that would be considered a pretty bad <laughs> moment yeah. in time for any farm. Um, so it is 52 degrees Celsius. The biggest point is that probably from this large database you have, if I've got it right, I, for me, funding soybean farmers can set what I call alerts of certain mm -hmm. event types. And I can say, hey, I know soybean farmers. I know Argentina. These are the only things that I really care about. And if these change out of a certain level of call it tolerance from a data perspective, I do need to know that. Alert me that I should be taking a more active you know, uh, action on my end, whatever that is. Um, yeah. That's right. So it sounds like the platform adds a whole lot of functionality that I would not be able to easily set up as a lender on my end, tailored to, I'll call it farmers and produce and management and so on. Yeah, so that's part of the, the alert system. It's The alert system is connected to the fraud detection because they run together. Because we, once we have the monitoring, you can extract behavior of the 
of the crop fields or the, the real world assets and then start to alert the, the, the institution and even the farmer, depending on the, the, the type of arrangement that the institution has with the farmers. And they can use that type of alert or they can, at the same time, our system uh, do the, the, the fraud side of the things. Uh, it's not only fraud by per se, it's a typical craze, uh, crazy losses or things out of the expected. So that is the kind of alert system, but this is more uh, long-term uh, process or so every 15 or 30 days uh, measures. But the uh, daily process can be set in, in the business rules of the user uh, for some kind of like, let's say you have a risk of uh, massive rainfall. So you can alert even the bank or even the, the, the farmers itself. So if the farmers are using the, 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 the mobile app, which by the way, we have the, the white label infrastructure. So the, the bank can use our mobile app or they can, they can have uh, onboarding facilities for their clients. So they can communicate to even, even with the farmers. Um, it's not our majority or primary goal because the primary goal is to bring the farmers with better services in the finance. But if the bank wants, they have access to the information they can do. That changed a lot of perspective because Imagine you can have like a war home scenario. So it's a kind of type of thing you see in the movies, people looking what's happening in all, the, all places and, and so on. You can do that. And, and, and reality is we can do even other things on top of that for the, the, the financial providers today. So it's a, it's a must do. It's not a we can do. It's a, yeah. Because otherwise you cannot uh, normalize the, uh, the analysis of everything and patronize the process. So tell me... Um... So you obviously there's a ton of data the platform in a sense can deliver to financial service providers. On the other side of it, tell me a little bit more about if I'm a farmer, um, you know, first of all, give me a little bit of background. I'm a farmer. I do raise soybeans, let's say. You, somehow I'm going to find out about this platform and get introduced to it. And then I have to make a decision like, why would I participate in this platform? What's it going to cost me? What data do I have to provide to the platform? Tell me a little bit. Let's look at the farmer side of it and talk to me about how the farmer would see this. If the farmer, let's take an example of the farmer which is not so much satisfied with their services today in the finance, let's say. So they can go and, and let's say they are part of a credit union. So they can go and ask for the credit union. Folks, we need to improve this process of onboarding and credit scoring and so on. Why do you don't try the agro infrastructure? So typically we work with the company and the company provide the access to the, to the farmer. So the farmer don't pay for the service at the end. Uh, the, the, the company who, let's say the credit union in this example, will be connected to our API. So let's say, or the white table interface, and they will provide the access through their infrastructure or through our white table infrastructure uh, to the farmer. And the farmer will be able to join Pre pro pro prepare and provide their portfolio. So, okay, I have five crop fields in these places, three with soybean, one with uh, corn and so on. And that will be building the farmer uh, portfolio in general and the individual crop field prof profile. That's another thing we do in the farmer's perspective. It's very important because every single crop field can have a different uh, profile. That mm -hmm. means you can you can build the credit scoring in a segmented way. So you can value better who uh, the parts of their production which are better. 
So today is not done this way most of the time. And uh, the farmer can have the value of uh, access to information. If the credit union in the example want to share more information from what we have inside of the system, they can uh, habilitate in the farmer side things like the daily alerts. We have like real time uh, weather conditions, uh, um, uh, yield maps of the produ uh, of the pro live production, so it's like the everyday updated uh, things like uh, how much rain have been happening, not only forecast uh, in the last couple of uh, days, or what's the temperature of the soil, moisture of the soil, and so on. So we have all that type of information we use for modeling. Uh, they can enable that for the user, for the, their user, for the farmers. Uh, it's at that point is much more a decision on the company side. So what we can bring to, what should bring to the to the farmers. But there are a ton of uh, potential uh, extra uses for what we have inside of the system. And uh, that's always a great uh, selling point for even for the companies. So how can you help better your farmers bring more information to their decision process? Yeah, so if I'm a farmer um, and uh, you're right, there's a whole, well, the advantage for me, first of all, number one, I'm not paying for the system. I'm providing, I'm a data provider to the system. Uh, number two, I won't have to call my brother and say that he has to uh, put up his house as collateral the next time I need to buy a tractor. So that's a good news for me. Um, but then the other side is I have responsibilities on this platform based on, as you say, whoever the financial institution is, whatever the data points they want to collect that they can customize, then I have to provide that data. So I don't know exactly what all that data is. You know, as you said, soil moisture and so on. Is, is the collection of that data automated or do I have to enter that? How does that work? Tell me a little bit yeah, about it. 100% automated. Uh, the only points which we need to receive is the location, the, the geo coordinates and the type of product will be raised there. Okay. So let's say as a soybean contract in, the in certain place, um, in the case of the contract itself for the financial provider, then you have an ex extra information, which is the beginning and end of the contract. So when you know where is the place, what's the product, and one, one, uh, they, they start in the end of the contract, you can then profile everything about uh, that place and everything else without any extra information, which by the way, make much easier for the, the integration process and the, and, the, and the onboarding of the farmers itself. That's one of the things we have been working uh, quite uh, hard to get the most light touch possible for the farmer side, because then you can facilitate the process that people have work to do. They cannot be all day in the, the computer or in this, the mobile yeah. screen. <laughs> Well, and the reason I ask that is, and I'm familiar with some other applications. A friend of mine in the what I call the field services for the oil industry, uh, what he did was they have to they collect wastewater from I'll call it fracking process in the oil fields. Mm -hmm. One of the things he did that was kind of cool, he put um, sonar detectors on the uh, uh, wastewater tanks, and so literally. It sounds crazy, but the people who do the management of the actual oil field no longer have to go check the tanks or anything like that. The tanks check themselves. The tanks actually will call the trucks for service. And when the truck services the tank, the tank will actually send out uh, an acknowledgement uh, for the trucker to say that he should be paid. 
and then the truckers automatically paid. So the whole thing is automated end to end with no people in the middle at that point, other than the trucker doing the driving back and forth, which is pretty cool. And I think on the farmer end, whatever can be done on your side of the fence that automates that data collection puts them back in charge of their business and less more on the data collection side for sure, which is really yeah. good. Yeah, it's very important because one of the things we just just need to remember, as the personal finance is moving towards the automation process, the agricultural finance will be more sustainable uh, as much more we automatize the process. Basically because we have uh, then a low cost process and a more transparent one. It's a kind of no-brainer because you yeah. can reduce cost and improve the quality at the same time. It's normally our mind is not quite on that type of thing. Normally we think, okay, we need to improve cost, raise the cost to have better quality. It's not the case. Uh, and that makes possible for the institutions to lend more and more efficiently because it's two right. uh, very important points. Well, there's another thing that comes up with this. So whatever the institution is, they've now got a, a group of farmers they're loaning to. Mm -hmm. But your platform is doing this across many institutions and many farmers, right? So it's not just one institution. So what's yeah. happening is you're winding up with a history of performance from all these farms. So there might be two banks or credit unions or whatever loaning to farmers in say Argentina doing soybeans. And each one of them has a set of farmers they're working with. But your platform is collecting all of that data. So the question is, is there, tell me a little bit about, given that I have all that data, is there anything that at some point you plan to do with that data beyond just the immediate thing? The immediate purpose of that data is for the lender to have a much better idea of the risk associated with making a loan to that farmer, you know, a crop loan or whatever it's going to be. But you now have this, what I call historical database that has tons and tons of data in there across whatever the institutions are and the farmers. And you can identify, I would assume, pretty interesting trends. You know, you'd say, oh, here's 10 farms in the same area. Five of these farms are doing great. Five of these farms are doing lousy. But you've been collecting a lot of detailed data that would help understand how to optimize. Maybe, you know, if Sachin and I are two farmers, he's watering his soybeans more than I am. I'm getting low yields, he's getting higher yields. Maybe the difference is water, I don't know. But whatever the factor is, that data sits in your platform now. And so is there a thought on how that can add value back to the farmers in the industry? Yeah, so uh, it's, a, it's the next stage of the company itself. Uh, one of the things is to be able to monetize the data for the farmers. Mm -hmm. So basically when you have, like say a long-term long profile, so you have, so just before that, uh, today we evaluate the last 21 years of any place on earth. So since 2000, we can go further. We have been doing some experiments for uh, land evaluation for uh, people involved in the litigation process. So they want to see how much production they have last 40 years and so on. You can go even up to 2000, if to, up to, to the 90s. But we break, we stop in, in the 2000, so January 2000, uh, up to here. Uh, but with that, you can, you can consider a farmer who can stay this year, next year, in the next, let's say three years on the, on the system, working with their client, with their bank, and, and we have been processing that. So then you have a long-term profile with the 
pre-existing uh, history and the measured history during the contracts uh, on the banking side. So basically that data, it's very valuable. So the point is when at some point we will be able to monetize that data for the farmer itself. So let's say we have another bank trying to work in that region and they don't have any clue about what's happening there. And we have the farmers with the history there. So the farmer will be able to monetize their process. So, and that's part of our architecture itself. Part of our services is a kind of pseudo-anonymous process. So we don't keep any um, uh, PI and PCI information. So for the, for the listeners here, and uh, it's not a, a individual uh, or uh, information. So things like social security number in US, things like right. that, they're not in our platform. So right. that means we can easily bring other users of the information. But nevertheless, we have a, a way to provide the, the resource back to the farmer, link it to their location, uh, their coordinates, let's say this way. Yeah. So that can enable a lot of other uh, tools, for example, even so uh, adding on that, one thing which is coming live on our system soon is this supply chain side of the things. So basically, let's say you have the farmer who has a history, has a production, and a buyer of products, or let's say a trading company or an input supplier can go and check, okay, how many farmers I have in Franklin County in Iowa? I have thousands, a thousand farmers. Okay, from this farm, how much uh, of those, how many of those have uh, crop, uh, soybean crops? Oh, uh, 800. It's from the 800, how much of those uh, I can uh, receive the, the product, let's say in end of August or beginning of September, let's say. Oh, uh, 300 of the farmers. So the, the, the buyer of crops, can know where they need to look for and where in the location, what is the, the location of the crop field uh, in an individual basis. So they can visit the crop field and then find the, the farmers. And so this enable lots of other services on top and um, which can be monetized for, for the farmers. Because the whole idea behind our services, the companies pay for this infrastructure. And on top of that, uh, you can enable other revenue sources for the farmer side, and that revenue source will generate more finance, mm -hmm. which will be making the, the the financial providers use our platform and pay back. So we don't have any uh, bad day if we enable more farmers to progress. So they will be generating more business on our uh, infrastructure. So that's a win-win situation. Yeah. So one of the other things you mentioned earlier was about insurance. And so I know in the U.S. as an example, if I was a wheat farmer in Kansas or whatever, uh, one of the things I might do is because uh, commodity prices uh, vary all over the place uh, for a lot of reasons, right? Many of them not under my control. It's not just the pandemic. It's a lot of reasons uh, that will influence commodity prices between supply and demand. So one of the things that is not unusual in the U.S. is, in a sense, getting crop insurance, right? Um, so tell me a little bit. You've talked about insurance. And how would that play into your platform a little bit as an opportunity? Yeah, two things very clearly. One is the parametric process of the insurance. So you have parametric insurance by the facto. So 
because we have the, the ability to, sh to show what's happening all, uh, on the field, what's happened before and what's happening today. So you can define the rules of the, the process by individual level and then compose like groups and, uh, you know, insurance, uh, it's very important to have risk spread on space uh, because that balance the potential losses and make the insurance cheaper. Um, and because you have the, the individual profiles uh, of every single crop field, you can do that. Another point is once you have insurance, which is attached to the, the data of the, the situation of the place, and you have the layer like we have the smart contracts process. So you can define the rules in the parametric side. So as a parametric insurance, and you can define the unleash of the, the, the cover for the farmers. So basically in this situation would be a farmer in Iowa has insurance for their, for his um, soybeans, let's say. Something terrible happens. We check and we, we, we get the, the, the losses. Let's say they lost 50% of their crops. Automatically, the data who drives the, the, this measure of the 50% can trigger the contract for the insurance company. The contract can automatically pay the farmer immediately. Right. Let's say, let's say it's an uh, extreme event like a tornado or something like that which you can easily and quickly uh, detect the change and the, the, the impact. So you can uh, cover the farmer immediately almost. Uh, that changed a lot on the time and the speed and the cost of the process. Uh, and by the way, is the only way you can do insurance for other regions which are not serviced today. Just remember, US, that has, US has the best final system for agriculture. Despite some uh, troubles in the last couple of years, this is the best final system together with Europe uh, because the common policy there in the European Union. Everything else uh, is not so great. So you need to improve insurance uh, usage and access all over the place. Only you can do that in an effective way if you automatize the process and have a transparent process which you can have, for example, checks on the fraud. So if the farmer asks for the insurance, okay, they have losses, or something else is happening here. So you can measure that and show for the insurer or for the bank, which is financing. Uh, that changed a lot of perspectives on the space. Well, and I assume is it, once I take out crop insurance somewhere, wherever I'm doing that, that has an immediate impact on the lender side to reduce the risk as well. Because all of a sudden Absolutely. they go, if there's a tornado and Jim can't produce anything, he's going to get 50 cents a bushel, not a dollar. So there's a bottom floor that changes that risk profile for the, for the lender quite a bit. So that's a big deal as well. Yeah. And the ability to use a system like ours uh, and share information between the bank and the insurer. So let's take the same example. Let's say a bank uh, financed that farmer in Iowa and, the, and the, at the end they have a trouble and they lost. So the bank can go and share their evaluation process using the agro infrastructure. So they have the reporting and all the measures and so on. So they share with the insurance company and say, look, we evaluate the place is a real agricultural place has a good history, but this year was kind of crazy. The farmer lost 50%. Here is the data, verify that you can track the, 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 the changes on the status of the fields. 
unfortunately, the farmer needs the coverage. So that can make less noise in the space between the entities and facilitate the farmer uh, protection because the problem, sometimes the farmers have quite long journey to receive their money back. So it's not always a, a short line. Yeah. So uh, a question on that, uh, since you know, for, the, for the services that you provide, Isaac, is there some sort of certification or some sort of, um, you know, um, you know, certification that you have to maintain to be able to provide those services to the to the lenders for most part, right? Yeah, in the, in multiple aspects, in the uh, software quality aspects, in the security aspects, and and in the modeling or or the results and, and measures and and so on. So we are even considering some we have some partnerships and we are even considering some create like a program for like third party auditors like researchers and so on we just don't have yet enough uh, 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 capability to bring that live but uh, that would be another extra layer of a, four, a fourth layer on, on quality side because uh, then you can you can have not only our uh, process of uh, tracking uh, as a modeling side, but have other uh, people doing that. Unbelievably, uh, today you don't have easily ways to do uh, audits in modeling uh, ways, a modeling process. Uh, so we are considering to build that infrastructure for that ourselves. And maybe maybe sell that service to outside because it's still missing in the market that type of uh, extra layer of audi- uh, of uh, measure. But the the other ones are kind of critical. So software quality for enterprise level uh, system, uh, security quality, and data uh, and modeling from ourselves, it's very important too. And by the way, one of the things which which help us to assure the clients what's happening is every single thing we do inside of our system has a proven a, a blockchain, let's say this way, uh, infrastructure, public network. That means everybody involved, let's say an insurance company can go receive a report from the bank. So the bank has, has the same example. So the bank said, okay, this farmer lost their crops. You need to help them to cover. So the insurance company received the report from the bank, the report from the underwriting phase. So they, they look and they decide that it's a good place. The monitoring phase, which we keep tracking everything for the bank and they receive a report every 15 days, let's say. And they the, the insurance company look to the information and say, hmm, it's 100% true. So let me verify that. So the insurance company can take the, the, the results or the documents submit through our APIs and the, our APIs will get back the proofs on the public network and the blockchain one, which we don't have control at any point. So it's, once it's submitted there, we cannot change that. Right. And then the insurance company can get back the proofs that PDF they receive is true, that results are true, the scoring and so on. So then they can say, okay, I don't trust Agri, I don't trust the bank, but I trust this infrastructure, which is out of the control of both companies and the farmer lost, let's pay the coverage. 
that can change everything. And that's another layer of trust on the system itself. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Sachin, any, anything else on your end? Yeah, uh, thanks, Jim. Yeah, so um, also, Isabel, uh, Isaac, I'm sorry. Uh, in terms of the scoring in the point-based thing that you pointed out was really of interest. And, you know, I'm sure you might be kind of uh, measuring different, uh, you know, aspects, different variables to kind of give that scoring system to, you know, to the lenders. I just want to understand what sort of technology do we use you're talking about uh, APIs and you know AI. So, are there some sort of like enterprise technologies, and how does that work? Yeah, so I will not talk disclose too much because it's our proprietary tech here. Uh, but I can explain what's the, the how this works. So basically, we profile time and space, um, and the behavior of the products on the on the place on time and space. What that means? What that means is you can have things which move uh, over time. So the growth of the products, for example, uh, the yield of the, the product on the field. So that's a changing on the, on the time. So every day improving or going down, depending on the, the situation. So that's one perspective we took. We, we always look to the, to, the, to the information to profile and, and do the scoring. Today we have 72 different indexes we generate. Uh, which in the middle is credit scoring, risk assessment, and weather, score, weather scoring, and so on. But then you have things on the space. So what I mean on the space? In the space, I can say spatially uh, distributed measures. Very simple one, you can say, okay, how stable or uniform is the production of the, the farmer? So we are not, you are not seeing now the changes over time, but you are seeing the things on the space. So that means you can say, okay, this farmer is much better, manage much better the things, this other uh, farmer or the same farmer in different fields, let's say this way. Uh, so that you can, can, you can start to have individual level uh, measures. So basically everything we model and uh, we do, it's, uh, it's done in this, with big dimensions uh, that drives the, the measures we extract and how we show the things for them. Because at the end, financial providers don't want to look at the 159 pages of the report plus uh, 72 scores plus um, uh, five gigabytes of data for every single contract. So they don't have time for that. What they want to have is access to a summary of everything which has the critical decision points with the critical scoring and then if they have any doubts or if it's out of their scoring uh, range they can go and check the other information so then you can work as a funnel process so most of the contracts go through a very light touch some go to a mid-size effort let's say and some which are kind of not clear what's happening they can go into a deep dive. So our modeling is structured in that way. It's 100% uh, inter enterprise uh, build from our side. Um, we combine all of that in a cloud infrastructure and uh, we mix with some other technologies like the, I mentioned before, the blockchain layer and so on, to okay. provide this type of um, kind of novel service uh, uh, for the space. Interesting. And I guess you, you have a lot of your uh, team kind of on the field for the initial data collections as well, right? 
Yeah, the training samples, it's part of our, uh, so you have different uh, process. So you, when you we are building stuff, so you need to collect information and have the, the ground true, let's say, right? Uh, to then start to train the process and, uh, and validate and, and then model forward. So we have been collecting information from uh, partners, from uh, ourselves. And I have been doing this work a lot in the past uh, on the field, riding, riding a cart and going, checking field by field and doing some measures. And we have been building this type of architecture for validation and so on, which by the way is always in the building process. So it's uh, every time you go for a new crop or a new region, you need to do some uh, improvements and uh, part of the process, which by itself is another product over time will be a kind of ground through accessing uh, infrastructure. So it does sound like from all, the, again, the value of the data you're collecting is huge. And again, going back to the farmer's view, it's certainly a benefit to me to know that um, Sachin, I'll call it down the road for me, doing soybeans is getting double the yield I am. You know, that's a value to me to understand and learn from that for sure. Um, and, so. and, and things like, for example, very simple things. Okay, I finance a same level for my five crop fields, but I have my convoy uh, uh, data, which is saying, hmm, I, one of the fields was not so good. Um, and let's say you, you want to improve next year. So you have two options. You can ask for a, for a, a better finance or you, can, or you can ask for a, or a credit for long-term, so for a, a soil uh, improvement. And so you start to match that with the financial side of the things, which empowers uh, the decision process on the farmer side. And uh, that's pretty important because just remember, we have everyday losses in soil, which are astronomic. So we are, uh, my last time I checked uh, was uh, 30 basis points every year. So that means in a hundred years, we lost 30% of our soil. In the next hundred years, we will lost 30% of our agricultural soils, for soils. Um, it's, a, it's a massive number. So if we don't have measures to help the improvements of the, the, the management and the, the, the resource protection, uh, doesn't matter anything we find us uh, just the end point of the things. We need to support the production in the most, in all levels. And that's a critical task and job for our society. Yeah, excellent. Um, so Sachin, anything else on your end or? Um, no, I think uh, I think we are on the top of the R's. Yeah. Okay, so Isaac, I will summarize and just say it's phenomenal in a sense. What I a little bit I understand, I'll say from our discussion today. What's amazing to me is all of the stakeholders that can benefit from your platform and that shared data model. Obviously, blockchain has a lot to do with establishing the credibility of the data that's on there for sure. But it's the fact that you're collecting all this data at a level and able to analyze it in a way that, in a sense, none of the stakeholders can do without you um, easily on their own. It's really not gonna happen. And the fact that it's pooled is even a bigger value, I think. And back to your point about you know, soil loss and loss of farmland and all that stuff, um, 
it's funny, the kind of service you're providing, um, I don't know who else is looking to do this kind of thing, but I'll say it, if you go back to those UN sustainability development goals and you look at them and ask yourself, okay, these are issues. And obviously we know that the food chain is a critical part of sustainability for sure, one of the most critical parts. And you, you go back to your point about uh, loss of farmland, loss of soil, soil quality problems and all that. In a sense, learning from the data you've got is one of the most beneficial things I could think, uh, not just to the immediate stakeholders, but to all of us is to figure out what can we learn from that uh, for sure. So certainly I wanna thank you for the time you gave us today to understand about your platform and everything else you can do. It's, it's really, I'll call it very exciting, honestly, for the, what you're pulling together as data and the benefits that can come from that are really, really big. So I won't uh, keep you any longer, but thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate it. It's been a great discussion. Thanks so much, Gene. Thanks so much, Saki. And um, I just last uh, would like to point another thing. Imagine over time when every single farmer has their self-sovereign identity profile, which matches with their property, so they can prove they have property. Many places on earth there are this gap of documentation and so on. And not only that, you can prove you have income, you have production, you have services for the society, uh, you have protected forests. We didn't even talk here about environmental services, but you cannot finance anything without protection of assets like forests and so on. Um, so that means we can really go for sustainable development goals. Otherwise, we are just scratching the surface of the, the development process. And once you have like a self-sovereign uh, profiling process for everyone in the space, you can start to, uh, for example, help uh, these farmers to get their improvements in education because you can prove these guys are really producing something which has the impact on the society. So there are many repercussions. Uh, it's a big task for us to solve, to help to solve. And as always happy to talk and Try to bring this, this notice outside because sometimes everything seems good. Nobody's complaining. But reality is we have lots of challenges in the how to support the farming space. And remember, the farming space is getting old. Yes. Without good technology, good finance, and good uh, improvements on the production, we are in a, ser a serious uh, condition. And we should be always looking for the people who bring the food in our table and uh, improve our lives. Thanks so much for the opportunity and uh, congrats on your work. And uh, the mission is it's big and noble. Keep doing the work. Great. Thank you very much, Isaac. Take care. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry.